As we all know, the Ouija board is a highly controversial subject. Come on, let's get going. A lot of people are believers, while others believe it's just a game. We've been interested in these physical phenomena for so many years. Some believe the Ouija board can summon the worst demons you could ever imagine. And I feel that at last we've made a breakthrough. And if your planchette ever spells out Z-O, Z-O, you might have just let a demon into your home and possibly even your soul. Some suggest that Zozo's origins might trace back to before the universe even existed and God banished this demon from heaven eons ago. He has gazelle horns, human ears, and a wolf's mouth, wings on his back, the tail of a scorpion, and get this, death was right around the corner. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Lights Out Podcast. I'm your host, Josh. Joined in the studio is my co-host, Austin. What's hey, up, man? How's it going? Welcome back. Yeah. Then we've got Daniel behind the screens back there. What's up, man? What's up, everybody? We are back from our week off. Thank you guys for uh, sitting tight for a week without an episode. We really appreciate it. It's nice to just be able to, you know, flush the old brain of all the, the Lights Out content for a week and enjoy some happy times in the sun but we are back with a very highly requested episode for you today we're going to be covering probably one of the most feared ouija board demons out there and there's so many videos on youtube of people attempting to contact this particular demon and he goes by the name zozo As we all know, the Ouija board is a highly controversial subject. A lot of people are steadfast believers in the powers of the Ouija board, while others believe it's just a game, a silly game that doesn't really do anything. And, you know, I know Austin, you kind of tend to be a bit more skeptical yeah. about the paranormal and your your thoughts on the Ouija board are... I, it is it is a game, but I'm I'm open to the idea that it might be something more. But it definitely is a game. I know I might get some flack for that, but well, and that and that's what's so interesting about it. I mean, it's a game produced by Hasbro, like right. the leading um, children's game manufacturer in in the world, and so it's peddled as a game for sure, or sold as a game, and so many people just look at it that way, but. On the other hand, people believe that it's weird that it's advertised that way, but it does have the potential to connect you to the other side, I guess. And, you know, what's waiting for you on the other side can be good or very bad. Some even believe that the Ouija board can act as almost a gateway for summoning the worst demons out there. And since the end of the Civil War, talking boards have become a popular solution for those that lost their loved ones during the war. Mediums even claimed that they could contact the dead, and families could now speak to their loved ones one final time through the Ouija board. And as the dead spoke to the living, some believed that the talking board wasn't what it seemed. Between this realm and whatever exists on the other side, some believe the Ouija board can summon 
the worst demons you could ever imagine. As the planchette moves across the board, answering questions that distract you, something else might be sneaking in. And if your planchette ever spells out Z-O-Z-O, it might be time to burn some sage, sprinkle some holy water, put some salt around the board, and call a professional, because you might have just let a demon into your home, and possibly even your soul. The Zozo demon has affected countless people across the world, and it can be summoned in a few different ways. The main way is obviously by using a Ouija board. And as people have shared their stories online, Zozo became one of the newest demons to gain attention in recent years. Only in the past few decades, people have realized that they weren't alone in experiencing Zozo. And many were surprised to find out others have shared almost the exact same experience worldwide. As people began researching the demon, they realized that Zozo had been around for much longer than just the past few decades. Some suggest that Zozo's origins might trace back to before the universe even existed. And God banished this demon from heaven eons ago. A man by the name Jacques Collant de Plancy was a French occultist and demonologist. He wrote his best-known work in 1818, the dictionary Infernal. In his book, he documented demonic forces and events, and the demon Zozo is tied to possession and corruption. And in the book, he tells the story of a young girl who had been harassed by three evil spirits. Their names were Mimi, Crapule, and Zozo. These demons would terrorize the young girl for weeks, and they would force her to go out on the street and walk on all fours or on her two hands. Then they commanded her to kick and bite people as they passed. She would then contort into strange shapes and move in odd ways. So you can just imagine like this little girl like moving like a demon across the ground. This is really weird, but last night I was like reading up on Zozo. Go to sleep. And of course, I have like the first nightmare that I've had was, in a long time. I was just about to guess that you had some crazy dreams. Of course I have a dream about this. I, I'm I'm I think I'm in my house and it's dark and there's this creature i think walking on all fours like climbing up the walls the ceiling and at first i think it's like somebody broke in so i'm shooting at it oh god i'm like unloading bullets on this thing but i'm missing completely or the bullets are going right through this thing and it was terrifying because this thing kept trying to get my daughter so it's just like my heart was racing. I like woke up several times, tried to like go back to sleep to hopefully like restart the dream to something else. And nope, just kept going right back into this. And it was just this dark shadowy figure on all fours, like crawling down my hallway. Like oh I was like, God, God damn it. I shouldn't have been reading up on Zozo before I went to bed. <laughs> and it's always in nightmares where your punches feel like cotton balls. Like yeah. You can't yep. really punch or like anytime you you're weak. aiming a gun, you just can't shoot it correctly. You're just biffing all your shots. Yeah, exactly. And I like ran out of bullets and I'm like, and I'm just like, there's no hope. I'm not going to be able to stop this thing Damn. from coming at me. So I eventually woke myself up and I was like, all right, I'm going to get up, go to the bathroom, reset. And <laughs> yeah. luckily I was able to, you know, enter some other type of dream, which I don't remember. But it was just kind of ironic that, of course, the night before recording an episode on Zozo, the Ouija board demon, I'm having a literal nightmare about a demon attacking my family. Right. This girl is exhibiting signs of being demonically possessed. She's moving in weird ways. She's biting people. So obviously her family's very concerned and they eventually reached out to an exorcist. When they actually exorcised the demons out of this girl, they were in her house. 
And once they did, there was a single boom that went off and shattered all the windows. After this, the local police warned the priest not to perform another exorcism. Some believe that these officers might have even been acting as agents of the demons, which is scary to think about. Some believe this demon Zozo stems from Mesopotamia way back, you know. We t- it seems like we talk about Mesopotamia a lot, in, especially in demonology and stuff. It's kind of a root. I mean, it's the cradle of civilization. Yeah, it's so like it's the earliest. I think it's one of the earliest known civilizations. Exactly. But this demon in particular, its name was Pazuzu. Very interesting. There's a, if you remember one of the first episodes. Way back. Like, I think it might be episode number two, three. It's like definitely in the first 10 episodes. Covered an individual who went by Pazuzu Algarod. Yep. Um, very, very sick individual. Um, and it's interesting that he carried the same name yeah. as this demon. I remember he Probably looked, purpose too. He looks terrifying yeah, too. Yeah, he looks like a All demon. All the pictures of him, yeah. But this Pazuzu is the king of the evil wind demons from around 1000 BCE. He controlled the lesser wind demons, but he was also believed to be protective over pregnant women and mothers. When he came across other demons in his travels through the mountains, he would break their wings, but it's not entirely clear if he's good or bad because sometimes he can protect the homestead and the pregnant women, but other times he's seen as this entity of agony, suffering, or the disease of mankind. Some texts associate him with the plague, fetal death, and intense nightmares. Mm, There you go. And he was known to invade people's homes. He's been depicted in many different ways, but some texts say that his physical description is, this is wild, he has the body of a dog, but he has scales instead of fur. On his head, he has gazelle horns, human ears, and a wolf's mouth. His eyes bulge from his eye sockets, and his cheeks are covered in dry, wrinkly skin. He has bird talons for feet, wings on his back, the tail of a scorpion, and get this, his penis is a serpent. Jesus. A lot of different things going on here. I mean, we've covered chimeras and stuff, but this is like 60 animals in one. Outside of Mesopotamia mythology, it's believed that Pazuzu is a high-ranking legion of Satan's army. It's also the name of the antagonist or the exorcist. Others think that Pazuzu or Zozo might not be one single entity at all. Some believe instead that it's the name that evil spirits might use to scare people when using a Ouija board. So maybe basically the theory is that if you get this, if you start contacting Zio, 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 uh, it could be a plethora of different demons or spirits that are. It's not necessarily a singular entity that's exactly. reaching out. That it's a. I mean, if there's a legion of demons, then it's many demons could, that go by this name. Exactly. It's almost like a house name for them in a way. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones reference there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's. I mean, that's even scarier to think about that it's a whole legion. Multiple. Of, yeah. Um, and that now that the name has become so popular that you know they're using that to their advantage right right to to do their bidding so zozo is a demon that thrives on watching people squirm in confusion and fear and it takes pleasure in getting gullible people to fall for its tricks it will exploit your deepest fears and insecurities it will tell you lies to try and get family and friends to fight over personal disputes 
and it will convince people that their death is fast approaching. Zozo is a master of lies and deception, just like Satan. For decades, the Ouija board stories of Zozo never gained much attention, but in the last 20 years, we've seen a huge surge. The Ouija board has become more accessible than it's ever been, making it easier for the average person to access the other side. This also means that there are now way more potential victims for Zozo. And the demon strategy usually begins by answering a few simple questions like how most typical Ouija board sessions go. And slowly but surely, Zozo tricks you into thinking it's just a spirit that you can trust. It's friendly at first and answers personal questions to make it seem like a genuine spirit, even like a deceased family member or friend. This is how it gains your trust. Since many use Ouija boards to contact their deceased loved ones, Zozo knows how to take advantage of this. It can even mimic the voices of the dead. Or sometimes it disguises itself as the ghost of an innocent little boy. He'll claim that he's scared of nearby evil spirits, and the only way he can be safe is if you allow him into your realm. And once the little boy has your trust, it will reveal itself as Zozo and wreak havoc on you and your home. The first sign of something going seriously wrong is the movement of the planchette. If it begins spelling out the letter of its name, Z-O, 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 over and over, the process has already begun. When the demon spells its name, it's believed that the demon is trying to enter our realm. The planchette usually slides in a figure eight pattern between the Z and the O, and some say it can go on like this forever if you don't let go. Some even claim that the planchette can keep moving on its own if Zozo is present. Figure eights, circles, or back and forth movements, also known as rainbows, mean that the demon is trying to create a portal to enter our realm. Others have experienced the planchette spelling out random curse words, sometimes in different languages like Hebrew or even Latin. In some cases, Zozo isn't as deceitful. It might make direct threats like dragging your firstborn to hell or possessing a loved one. Victims are often plagued by bad luck. Even if you survive the session, you might have to deal with car troubles, money problems, health issues, or day-to-day -day inconveniences. It's also believed that Zozo is drawn toward people with suicidal tendencies, severe depression, or mental health problems. Anyone who has mental illness might be more vulnerable during a Ouija board session. And their mental state might give Zozo more power over its victims, possibly causing someone to harm themselves or others. Which this is all pretty typical with like demonic possession, right? Yeah. You know, if demonic possession is a real thing and evil spirits are able to possess a, a human, then it would make sense that they would go for somebody vulnerable, um, you know, whether it's dealing with mental health problems or physical ailments, things like that or it might be easier to kind of work their way in. For sure. Um, also with the day-to-day -day inconveniences, I kind of thought of Danny, not to sidetrack too hard, <laughs> but do you remember Danny in the last Ouija board episode talked about weird things that were happening, kind of just small, but nothing major. So that, that made me think of Danny when uh, researching this. I was like, ah. Are you right. wrestling with a demon? <laughs> yeah, but I don't think it's Zozo. <laughs> it's Zozo's little brother, so we're good. Zuzu. <laughs> Zuzu. Yeah. <laughs> Zimzam. I wonder how many people out there believe that when things are going wrong in your life, like you're just you're having car troubles, you're you know, little things just are constantly going wrong if their first thought is is a demon fucking with me. Right. Yeah. Not to get too sidetracked. We will keep the religion talk to a minimum, I swear. <laughs> uh but being raised Catholic, it was like saints are behind so many things. It's like you lose your keys. There's a patron saint of lost things. 
So I wouldn't be surprised that the opposite is that there is a demon of doing these small things to you as well. You know, if, if someone can help me find my keys, then maybe something on the other end is making me lose my keys. You know, I just think that if that is the case, isn't that, isn't that like messing with our free will? Yeah. By, by interacting with things that are going on in our life. Like, wouldn't that be against everything that, you know, I guess the texts stand for of like, you know, your purpose on this earth is to go through it and have free will to choose, you know, as you please throughout life. So if a demon or a saint or an angel or something is intervening, isn't that fucking with free will and I guess essentially your plan or your purpose yeah. for your life? I mean, that's a great point. Yeah, that would contradict that statement of, of God. That's what I've never understood because it's like, you know, I was always told like, if you watch these things or you listen to these things, like you're opening a portal essentially for demons to come through. Yeah. And when you think about it, I think it's just more so, you you know, these things can potentially have an effect on your, your, your psyche and things like that. And can, um, you know, if you fill your head with dark stuff all the time, there's a possibility that your world then becomes dark. Right. Right. Yeah. Because that's all you surround yourself with. And so is that you doing that or is that a demon intervening and kind of pushing you in that direction? I think, I think it's more so demons get involved when you're like trying to conjure them, For AKA sure. using a Ouija board to contact a demon or you're doing some type of ritual or rite um, or participating in some type of devil worshiping, you know, where you're actually like doing these set you know you set out to do these rituals to contact like your your intention yeah that you put out there is i want to contact this this demonic force or this evil spirit because th then it wouldn't be contradicting your free will it would be right well your reaction right? your yeah, yeah exactly your from it because it's like all about your intention right yeah like, if your intention is to contact something evil then you know your free will is allowing you to go that direction and yeah. therefore you know, Zozo's there with open arms. <laughs> He's ready so for come you. On, come on in. Yeah. I also the love water's this, warm. I love this idea that like there's these demons who probably have bigger things, bigger fish to fry throughout their their day-to-day -day activities, but they're like, now I'm gonna make this guy stub his toe and yeah. I'm gonna fuck with his ignition in his car. Like <laughs> it's like, is that what is they're that going gonna, for? Right. Is that gonna like cause if you think about what is the purpose of demons, what is the purpose behind all of it? Right, true. That's a good question. It, I don't and I even think, know. And I think everybody would give a different answer. But from what I understood, the purpose of a demon, a demon is, um, you know, there's God, angels, and, you know, then there's humans kind of at the bottom of the totem pole. And then you've got the devil, Satan. Then you've got his legions of demons. So the demon's purpose is to bring you sort of to the dark side, right? To, you know, do the devil's bidding ultimately so that when you die, you then join the ranks of individuals in hell where you're tormented for eternity. And so I always, I always wonder, I'm like, how involved, if this is all real, first of all, like obviously right, I'm not saying right. this is real, but if you, if you believe in these things and what's interesting is on so many episodes, especially lately, we've, I've had a lot of input from religious people which is thing is very yep. interesting and you know people are leaving comments of like you know 
Jesus is the only way, you know, and, and sort of reacting to some of the things that we say about our religious upbringings and things like that. It makes me curious to see what they actually, I mean, based on what I've read, they believe that by playing with a Ouija board, you, you know, you are potentially, you are opening yourself up to demonic forces. There is no good that comes from playing with a Ouija board, period, end of story. Yeah. It's just a bad idea from the jump. Yeah, which is funny because I think in the like first boom in the US for the Ouija board use or talking board use was it was very it wasn't like sanctioned by the church, but it was all these religious people that were kind of going to the boards to speak with the dead, right? And it's funny how that's turned pretty hard over the years where it's like I think more hardcore religious folk see it as just a gateway for demonic forces rather than anything good well i think it it, it goes back to the you know we in even our last episode on the blackburn cult of the new thought movement and things like that was like at the beginning of the united states and you know kind of the culture was forming obviously there was a strong protestant background um you know stemming from when you know we came over from england to escape uh you know Catholicism and be able to do our own thing and and practice uh, Protestant religions and so the the New Thought movement was kind of like questioning all of the, even that the what Protestants believe and they were dabbling and you know talking to the dead and things like that but it wasn't ever in a sense of I'm trying to reach out to demonic forces right yeah and it was more using it as a tool like you just said to potentially talk to their dead loved ones. So I always wonder, I'm like, at what point did it switch to not con- contacting your loved ones, your deceased uh, friends and family, but you're just interacting with demons strictly? Yeah. At what point was that made, you know, was yeah. that change made? I'm not sure. And and that's, that's what I find so fascinating about it. And I think that's what really this phenomenon surrounding the Ouija board is, is everybody's curious of, can I actually talk to those on the other side, like people that I actually knew, or is it all bad? Is it just, am, am I only reaching out and contacting evil spirits? And I guess that's something I got to do for myself at some point is just tr- try it out. And, you know, we've been talking about doing a, a Ouija board session here on Lights Out at some point. Um, I'm actually looking at getting a, like a Lights Out custom Ouija board made. Oh, that would be sick. Which yeah. would be cool. I almost did a little homemade Ouija board before this episode, but then I was like, ah, it doesn't feel right. If I'm not, <laughs> if I'm not going to do it with the crew, I shouldn't do it at all. So I'm going to have to probably do it in secret because, um, <laughs> you yeah, know how, uh, my, uh, my wife is very, it was just funny cause she's not, she doesn't believe in any of this stuff. She's very skeptical about most of this stuff, Yeah, but she's like, I don't want you to conjure something that attaches to you yeah. and you bring it home to our family. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I'm I like, well, that's always a possibility, I guess, but there are ways to hopefully mitigate that risk, which we'll get into yeah. here in a bit. But again, people experience a wide range of, of different feelings and I guess, symptoms of using the Ouija board. Some have even described intense feelings of anger, fear, and depression during or after their interaction with Zozo specifically. Others are affected by things like migraines, sleepwalking, and random bruises forming across their body, which that's all very weird to me. I'm like, 
what is causing that? I mean, I've definitely seen injuries crop up. Have you ever woken up and you go look at yourself in the mirror, maybe before you take a shower and you're like, oh, why is there scratches right here? Yeah. Have, you, have. Ever, have you ever had that happen yes, to you? Yes, that happened last week, actually. I think it's a bug bite, though, but I woke up with this huge red welt like on my ankle. No recollection of how I got it. And the only thing I could think of was maybe I got bit by a spider in my sleep or something, but or you were attacked by a demon. That's the other possibility. Be, yeah. Cause yeah, I've seen some weird stuff. Like my brother, he woke up one day and he had little scratches down his back. Oh, and this wow. was when uh when we were doing lights out together and his first thought was like, Holy shit, like something demonic has attacked me in my sleep. That's like intense. he had straight like scratch marks, which I think we kind of thought maybe it was either him scratching himself in his sleep, he sleepwalks. Oh, so it's also any he, and he sleeps without a shirt. So it was also possible he scratched himself or maybe his girlfriend accidentally scratched him. She hadn't she has nails. But I know Kendall, she's woken up with scratches down the front of her chest like this. Really? And it wasn't for me. And we thought maybe the cat cast her. But oh, it was like yeah. but they were like deep red scratches. So you're like wouldn't you feel that like wake up if your cat was like literally running its claws down True, to you? Yeah. So it was really weird that they were like, they looked like they might've been bleeding at one point and they were like fairly deep. Damn. And so I think that's like one of the things she holds on to. And whenever we discuss paranormal stuff, cause she's like, well, there's always that possibility that something reached out and, and scratched me. Yeah. Well, I mean with any like reasonable skeptic, there is, we still think that there's the chance, right? Not, like I'm not totally, totally I don't totally think yeah. this is BS, but yeah, I think anyone small you part leave of their a mind, little window of opportunity. Open. Absolutely. We just don't know. So the first internet post that really brought Zozo to light dates back to March 24th, 2009. It was posted on trueghosttales.com, a forum by Darren Wayne Evans, a man from Tulsa, Oklahoma. But his interest in the occult started long before his post went viral. Back in the 1970s, Darren had an average childhood. He grew up with the interests most kids his age had, like hanging out with friends and listening to music. But his life changed when he met a girl named Brandy in high school, and they started dating and they hung out as often as they could. And one day, Brandy's house was having some contractor work done, and the plumber had to dig through the basement floor to access the sewer line. While he dug, he uncovered an old Ouija board beneath the foundation. The top of the board had some of its letters damaged and the bottom of the board was solid black. On the side, someone had carved the word Zozo surrounded by wings and the board's four corners were held down with dusty mason jars. After his work was finished, the contractor told the family what he had found. He figured it was just an old board the family had used, but the contractor didn't realize that he had just opened up a life of misery for Darren Evans. When Darren later investigated the jars, he discovered something strange inside. And the closer he looked, he noticed there were decaying bodies of blackbirds stuffed inside. As he wiped the dust away, he saw the congealed blood and feathers mixed in the jar. Both Darren and Brandy were disgusted, but also intrigued. So they took the board and asked Brandy's mother about it. Her mother had practiced Wicca, but she had no idea who could have left the board down there. She told them these boards were often used to contact the dead. And after she said this, it only took a few days before Darren's curiosity got the best of him. He wanted to use it in order to contact the deceased lead singer of his favorite band, Bon Scott from ACDC. So Darren set out the board in a dark room and lit several candles. 
He set the planchette down and began his session alone. At first, everything was fine. Nothing moved. But then Darren could sense a strange presence was with him inside the room. He held his hand on the planchette and asked questions over and over, but nothing happened. After a half hour of no activity, the planchette finally began to shift ever so slightly. It slowly drifted towards the first letter, Z, and then to O, and then it moved faster back and forth, spelling out Zozo over and over again. At the time, Darren didn't know what or who he was speaking with, so he moved the planchette to goodbye to try and end the session. But in a few last motions, the planchette frantically spelled out, See you in hell. After Darren let go, the board then threw itself across the room. At that moment, Darren promised himself he would never return to the Ouija board. But it wouldn't take him long to break that promise, as this was only the beginning. Ever since that initial session, Darren began experiencing intense nightmares. He'd wake up paralyzed and he couldn't move or speak. And he would hear the whispering of disembodied voices in his ears. Then he would hear random knocking on the walls and floors of his house during the day. On top of all of this, he felt he was constantly being watched no matter where he went. Even when alone, he felt the long stare of invisible eyes upon him. After being tortured by this invisible entity for so long, he needed some answers. And over time, he had formed a desperate need to return to the board. Even though he promised himself he would never return, he couldn't help it. It felt like something was pulling him in. And when he finally started another session, it became way more intense than it was the first time. He could hear deep moaning coming through the walls of his house. And after his sessions, his sleep paralysis got worse by the day. He began withdrawing from his friends and family and rarely went outside if he didn't have to. He formed an unhealthy obsession with the Ouija board. He needed answers. He needed to speak with the entity again and figure out what was going on. After his sessions, he stored the board in a purple silk cloth inside of his bedroom closet, and he noticed that it would go missing sometimes for days, and then it would reappear at random times. This made Darren feel like the demon was calling the shots, and the board only returned to the closet when he wanted another session. Meanwhile, Darren now lived on his own in an apartment complex, and he worked construction at a local job site. While at work one day, he came across something strange. A jar had been buried in the dirt and rubble, he picked it up to throw it out, but he noticed something familiar about it. As he wiped the jar off and looked inside, there was another dead blackbird, just like the jars they discovered under his old girlfriend's home years ago. Congealed blood and feathers lined the inside of the jar, and he started to think some sort of curse had been placed on him, or maybe there was witchcraft at play, but he couldn't explain the jars. Around this time, Darren invited some friends to join him for the Ouija sessions. He thought it would be safer than doing it alone. He also wanted to prove to himself that he wasn't going insane and that a real entity was contacting him through the Ouija board. If he had other witnesses, it would prove that Zozo was real. So Darren's best friend Randy began joining the sessions. And one day in 1985, Darren and his friend Randy were hanging out in Darren's apartment when they started a session late at night. Randy was also a big fan of ACDC and also wanted to contact Bon Scott. Randy was even wearing his Highway to Hell t-shirt when they began the session. At first, they made it abundantly clear that they wanted to speak with Bon Scott, and soon the planchette began moving. It moved in circles and spelled out A-Y-E-M-A-T-E. -E. Hey, mate. They realized the entity was using an Australian dialect to say hello, and Darren and Randy both knew that 
ACDC was from Australia. After a few more questions, it seemed like the entity really was Bon Scott. It could answer any personal question they asked, and by the end of the session, the entity made a strange request. It told them to light a cigarette and place it in the planchette. They both laughed at first, thinking the entity was desperate for a smoke, so they lit up a few and placed one in the planchette's hole, cherry side up. The planchette spelled out thanks, and then smoked the rest of the cigarette. For a moment, it felt like they were sharing a smoke with the spirit of their favorite musician. But then the planchette said one more thing. Fuck you, Randy. I will have your soul, and I'll see you in hell. Zozo. Out of fear, Darren then took the board and threw it out the balcony window. And ever since that session, Randy was plagued by bad luck and his life fell apart over the years. He fell into alcoholism and his wife divorced him. He could only see his son every other weekend and begin drinking more and more. He tried to seek out help, but nothing ever worked out. And he often told Darren that he felt like he was in prison, that he couldn't escape. Even though Randy had lost almost everything, the two of them decided to do one last seance for the old time's sake. During the session, Randy in a depressed voice asked how he would die. And the entity responded in a car at night alone. Sure enough, death was right around the corner. In 2007, Darren and Randy spent one last night together. Randy drank too much and got belligerent. They then got into a heated argument, and the last words he said to Darren were, I will see you in hell. After leaving the apartment in a rage, he never made it home. After a violent head-on collision with another car, Randy died almost instantly. And ever since Randy's passing, Darren wanted more answers. Instead of getting rid of his Ouija board, he used it even more. After moving into a new house in Tulsa, Oklahoma, his deep sessions with Zozo had just begun. He bought multiple Ouija boards, each with its own style. He also dove into occult teachings and began collecting occult objects. The death of his friend didn't scare him away. It made him even more intrigued. There are still no solid answers to what or who Zozo was, and it became his goal to find out. His girlfriend Kathleen and their one-year-old daughter also moved in with him, and at night after putting their daughter down to sleep, they would begin their seances in the next room over. But these sessions weren't like the others. The entity seemed to become even stronger in Darren's new home, and soon Darren began to realize that Zozo had possessed him. When it came to the Ouija board, Darren felt like he had no control over the sessions. He didn't even feel like he was in control of deciding to participate. Something inside him told him he needed to use the Ouija board all the time. And during one particular session, the demon said it would possess Kathleen too and take her to paradise. When he asked what paradise was, the planchette spelled out hell. During another session, Kathleen looked into Darren's eyes and saw that they weren't his own. They were dark and glaring. And after a moment, they didn't even look human. Sometimes he turned violent during the sessions, but when he returned to normal, he had no memory of what had just happened. And things only got worse from there. Strange noises and footsteps could be heard through the house at night. And it got to the point where Darren and Kathleen sectioned off one of their upstairs rooms, making it a safe room where they burned sage and tried to cleanse themselves. One night, Darren woke up to a strange feeling like an evil presence had filled his pitch black bedroom. He began to panic and rushed towards the safe room, but on his way, he saw his daughter at the bottom of the stairs. She began screaming in pain as her body began ascending towards the ceiling. He ran down the stairs to save her, but all the lights cut out. Then her muffled screams traveled through the house and faded into the basement. He chased after her, but when he got to the basement door, it was locked. 
He ended up kicking it down to open it and save his daughter from whatever dragged her down there. Once his daughter was safe, he got his wife and they all huddled together in the safe room and they listened as random noises filled the rest of the house, footsteps scratching and pounding. After hunkering down in the safe room for the night, the sounds eventually faded. But after this, he and his wife agreed to move out of the home. Despite everything though, Darren couldn't stop his Ouija board obsession. After they moved into a new home, he began diving even deeper into his seance sessions. He claimed he wanted to figure out what Zozo truly was and where it came from. But by this point, Darren had lost all control. After one of his solo sessions, he walked into the bathroom and saw his daughter lying in the bathtub. Water was slowly filling the tub and his daughter was seconds away from going under. Just before his daughter's face was fully submerged, he was able to pull her out. When he asked Kathleen what was going on, she said she had just left her there for a second. According to her, the bath faucet was even off, and somehow it had mysteriously turned on after she left the room. The next day, his daughter was hospitalized for an infection and stayed there for 14 days. During her stay, she came close to dying. Meanwhile, Kathleen fell into a trance-like state, and her personality completely changed. She had once been sweet and caring, but now she became withdrawn and hostile. But still, despite all of this happening, Darren kept using the Ouija board. One day, he jokingly asked it to name a music project he was working on, and it responded, Iron Tongue. He thought it was a cool name at the time. But the next day, his daughter's tongue began to swell. Her tongue became hard as rock and bulged out of her mouth. Her face became distorted and she began choking to death, so they rushed her to the hospital again. He and his girlfriend then took turns staying with their daughter at the hospital. He didn't even know how long they were there for, but he said it seemed like forever until his daughter finally recovered. Once they finally got home and back to normal, they had Kathleen's brother come and stay with them, but he also sensed a strange presence inside their home. At night, he began hearing frightening voices coming from inside the walls. Objects were thrown across rooms, and spiders seemed to show up in groups all across the house. He said the voices in the walls were so loud that he couldn't sleep at all. He was a firm believer in ghosts, and he told Darren that he sensed these voices in the walls were demonic in nature, and the strange activity continued every night. Lights would flicker, doors would open on their own, and one night Darren and his girlfriend woke up to the sound of loud laughter in their bedroom, but no one was there. Another night Darren woke up to what he felt like invisible hands wrapping around his throat. He couldn't breathe or scream and it lasted for 30 seconds before the invisible hands released their grip. And the next night the same thing happened to his girlfriend. Another night Darren and his girlfriend's brother were hanging out on the back porch and the brother mentioned the curse that his family had dealt with for years. So Darren tried to cleanse the curse by saying, I rebuke this curse in the name of Jesus Christ. But halfway through his sentence, a deafening boom shook the entire house. It was so loud, several neighbors came over to see if everyone was okay. They even went up to the roof to see if anything had fallen from the sky, but there was nothing. By that point, Darren was 100% sure these weren't things just in his imagination. Before, only the people inside the house had experienced strange things, but now even the neighbors heard the loud boom. Since then, Darren claimed the strange events calmed down. He thought his rebuke of the curse had worked. Eventually, he and his girlfriend broke up and she moved out with her daughter. Darren later started dating a woman online. She was from Michigan and when things started getting more serious, he packed up his things and moved in with her. And this woman didn't believe in spirits or the supernatural, but over time he convinced her. He would later regret ever introducing her to the occult and the supernatural. 
At the time, he had a desperate urge to show her the powers of the Ouija board, and they lived in the small town of Marshall, Michigan. None of the stores nearby sold Ouija boards. He had lost his personal one in the move, so he decided to download a print version on the internet instead. On their first use, Zozo returned. They crouched down on the floor of a bedroom, and his girlfriend's seven-year-old niece and her friend watched from across the room. When he asked where Zozo came from, it said cyberspace. And when he asked where it lived, it said skull necklace. They didn't think much of it, but when he asked it again, it said mirror. Across the room was a mirror. And at that moment, his girlfriend's seven-year-old niece began screaming. When they turned to look at what she was screaming at, they saw a skull necklace hanging from the bedroom mirror. It was swaying back and forth, and its large glowing eyes stared back at them. They had seen this necklace before, but the girlfriend's son had left it hanging on one of the bedposts earlier. But somehow it had moved... After this session, his new girlfriend became obsessed with Ouija boards, but the internet printout version wasn't going to cut it, so she drove 40 miles into town to buy an official glow-in-the-dark Ouija board, and the next night they held another session. Darren didn't use the board this time, and he watched as his girlfriend and niece used it from across the room. At one point, Darren wrote down a random color on a piece of paper no one else could see. He then crumpled it into his hand. When they asked the board if it knew the color he had picked, it responded, yes, blue. Another night, they asked the board if the spirit would show itself. It spelled out yes and told them to turn the lights on. Then it told Darren to take a picture of the skull necklace they placed above the board. After taking the picture, he looked at the photo in absolute horror. Strange images clouded the room. Winged skeletons were flying in the upper left-hand corner. And in the middle, he saw smoky, distorted faces at least four. He later sent the picture to people who claimed to be experts, but none of them could explain the images. Let's take a look. Okay. So what do we think of this? This is the negative of the the negative. Yeah. So of course it looks all crazy in a negative, right? And a part of me feels like where's the faces. So I took, after you look at it for a while, I I kind of started seeing them. Um, like the one main one is here. I see his nose, eyes, mouth. Oh, I see. Yeah, I, I see. see. There's maybe a sideways one here. See, it's like he's tilted. Bon Scott. There's like bon another Scott. one. Yeah, there's another one. Here. It's the whole band. Yes. <laughs> Where's Angus Actually, Young? I think some of them are still alive. So yeah, for sure. I know Angus Young is. I want to say he's still alive. I used to be. Of funny course, enough. it's ACDC, man. I like, know, of right? All the fucking bands. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Hell, in fourth grade, me and my friend Mike were like the biggest ACDC fans. Oh, hell yeah! Funny enough, the Back in Black album kind of taught me how to play drums because it's like very I, simple. I, yeah, yeah. I think that's like yeah. I think that's like one of the first riffs I, I learned on guitar was was that song yeah it teaches yeah. a lot of people music but it's so funny they were like the biggest fans they just wanted to see bon scott and okay. then supposedly there's the winged creature up up here okay okay yeah. i mean i guess it really depends on how high you are when you look it, at this. yeah like, exactly this is probably a bunch of incense and weed smoke that yeah, that in, in the negative it came through okay all right so he's got this picture and Apparently, he sent it to some experts, which could have just been his buddies. For all really, you know. yeah. Like, who knows what experts he sent it to? I mean, th- that that one face is is pretty pronounced. Yeah, I don't really see yeah. all the others as much, but that one is like boom for sure. So, is that the face of Zozo? 
Who knows? That's the big question. So after a while, Darren finally Googled the demon's name, which it's like after all this time, you're getting all these messages through the Ouija board from Zozo and you wait this long to finally do a Google search on what Z-O-Z-O is. Maybe he didn't have a personal computer. Yeah. He had to, he had to hit up the no local internet connection or something. Marshall, out. Michigan. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? But this is when he kind of discovered that there was a bunch of other people out there on the internet that also claim to have been contacted by Zozo the demon. He read at least 20 different stories that were similar to his, and he believed it wasn't a coincidence at this point. In Darren's first viral post about Zozo back in 2009, he tried to warn anyone who wanted to use a Ouija board. And from all of his experiences with the board, he now was certain that the board is a portal for demons. And communicating with Zozo is like playing with fire. He believed most people in the US today are too skeptical. And this disbelief in the paranormal is why these types of entities can exist under the radar. The Ouija boards are manufactured and sold as toys, but Darren believes that they are not toys and they should be used with caution or they should not be messed with at all, unless you're Darren. You continue to use it even after shit continues (laughs) to happen to you. After Darren began posting his experiences online, more people began catching on to the Zozo demon. Even Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures met Darren at his house where he often contacted Zozo. The team ended up recording multiple unknown voices overnight. Over the years, he's tried to research and understand what Zozo truly was. And he's now confident that the demon is an ancient demonic force. He also began tracing its connections throughout human civilization. He has also claimed that Zozo isn't the only demon that can be summoned through the Ouija board. He calls them Z entities, and they can have many different names like Zaza, Zito, or Zam. But Darren's mostly connected the Zozo lore through names, languages, and he focuses on this Z thing or Zo thing a lot. Um, I mean, he has drawn a lot of connections through his research, like the Mayan archaeological site, El Zotes. The tallest structure there at the site is known as El Diablo. It's 148 feet tall. The Zo people of Haiti practice a form of voodoo whose rituals require scarification, drinking bodily fluids, Their witch doctors are also called Zozo, and they wear demonic-looking masks during the rituals. As a part of their death ritual, they lift the mask at the exact moment of death to breathe in the dying person's final breath. It's believed they do this to absorb the person's soul and gain spiritual power. So if that's some sort of coincidence that Zozo is also the name. They literally go by Zozo? Yeah. The witch doctors? They're witch doctors, yeah. And I think that might predate this yeah. newfound discovery of Zozo, you know? Interesting. Hmm. Um, the word Zozo in Basque language translates to Blackbird, and we know that oh, was what hmm. he had found in the jars. So he's uncovering all these connections yep. through his research. Yep. In the hmm. Malay language, it translates to wandering spirit, and the spirit is believed to steal people's souls as they sleep. Some believe the letter Z was dropped out of the Latin alphabet because it had ties with demons. Uh, it was later readopted after the Romans conquered Greece in the first century BCE. Some believed it was the letter of the zigzag or a letter of uncertainty, or even the evil twin of the letter S, which I thought was kind of funny. Darren also pointed out that saying the letter Z causes the face to contort and what's called the rictus grin, which the rictus grin, I didn't know about. This is actually disturbing. 
Um, when people die of tetanus, which Danny and I were actually talking about, we didn't realize how common dying from tetanus was, especially back in the day of sword fighting, because you just get yeah. a rusty sword, you might survive the battle, but then you go home and die. Um, but while you're dying from tetanus, it just fully tenses your muscles, especially in the jaw and neck. And it kind of stops you from breathing. All your facial muscles go really tense and they form what's called this rictus grin, which is like, you look oh, really creepy, creepy like that. Oh, interesting. And uh, it's also why they call tetanus uh, the disease of, it's called like the grinning death because you die with just all your face muscles super tense. So he was trying to connect the Z to that rictus grin, mm. but... I don't know. That might be a... That's a bit of a stretch, I would because, say. Because, like, yeah. what? D, E, right. C. They all kind of make of the same letters. facial expression when yeah. you say it. Yeah. And, of course, here we go. Another band. Darren also connected Zozo to Led Zeppelin, which I did Definitely know demonic. I was curious. Yeah, and I was curious about this one, too, because I did know Jimmy Page's symbol. Each four member had symbols, right? And if you look at Jimmy Page's, it says Zoso, Z-O-S-O. Um, and it was kind of controversial and Darren was like, well, is this Zozo? But really it's a symbol that represents, uh, Saturn and right. Jimmy Page is a Capricorn mm. and it's said that Capricorns yep. are ruled by the planet Saturn. That makes so more sense. people think that that was more of it's the not reason that rather than Jimmy Page was possessed by Zozo yeah, all exactly. these years. Exactly. Um, Zildjian's they, symbols, would you say those are Z, demonically yeah, possessed, you know? That's the Z. As a drummer, you know, yeah. those symbols are. As a Zildjian boy for a while, <laughs> that used to be my gamer tag. Really? Yeah. Zildjian boy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great, man. Um, also, some people do claim that Jimmy Page might have read an old Aleister Crowley spell book. Yeah. And possibly that's where it had come from and it represents Lucifer. Um, either way, they use this symbol to stylize Darren's book cover. If you ever want to look at it, it's called the Zozo Phenomenon. You can go check it out if you're a little more interested in Darren's story. I don't know. It sounds how, like he's really trying to find credibility. I agree. For his experiences and this, you know, entity he's been contacting. Yeah. And a lot of it's a stretch, I'd say. I, th I think we both all possibly agree that i was gonna the, say like what do you think overall of his whole story like i think the the breaking point for me is the bon scott thing i mean the the cigarette part like come <laughs> come on we're smoking Burn cigarettes one down, baby. here in the in the planchet of a ouija board that's where i was like it sounds like you guys got hammered one day and you thought you were smoking cigarettes with a Ouija board. I'm just not sure about that one. What do you, what do you think? Uh, I just think for somebody who's so about this, like there would be more evidence, right? Like you would think that if he was really experiencing this phenomenon that he's uncovered of Zozo, he would have gotten a few more pictures, maybe some video, maybe, you know, I mean, we're not taught this did not happen, you know, back before there was technology. So it'd be very easy for him to film these sessions, right? Like if you're really having these profound Ouija board sessions, film it. Let's see. For it. real, you know yeah. I mean? Like prove prove to everybody that this is this is a real entity that you're dealing with. I mean, it's just, it, it's like how most of these stories go. It's like you kind of believe it for a while and then like there's one part of the story that completely just takes you 
completely out of it and you're like wait a minute like yeah the board's now saying a mate like, <laughs> come on man come, come on, on. Man. we went from zo 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 to now it's you know being and, and people be like oh well it's you know it's trying to trick them it's trying to disguise itself as right. bon scott but in fact it's just manipulating him further and further into believing in zozo and that, and that's like what i found with most of the youtube videos that are out there like this is a big phenomenon on the internet and people are like sitting down to do a Ouija board session to contact Zozo and they're like, Oh my God, it's crazy. You know what I mean? It's just like there, you know, it's, there's not much there. Right. Yeah. And if you're going into the Ouija board session where you're like, what if we contact Zozo, you kind of, you know, people see what they want to see. So it's like, of course you start to believe that you're contacting Zozo. My other big gripe with the Darren story is that, Man, his daughter's being hospitalized, almost drowning. There's like cra- just crazy shit going on. And he's still like, yeah, let's boot his this back up. His friend dies in a head-on car accident, <laughs> dude. Like, let's like, keep booting these sessions yeah. up. Why? It doesn't make sense. Nobody in their right mind would do that. Like, yeah. if you truly had a session, any of the sessions that he's experienced, a normal person would be like, no, I'm yeah. not doing this again. And... To his credit, he's saying basically he's possessed. It seems like he believes he's somewhat possessed by this demon at this point because it's almost forcing him to go and do these Ouija board sessions. Right. And I think the initial story is interesting of is it possible to uncover through, you know, doing some excavation for contracting work on your house to uncover a Ouija board hidden? Um, yeah, sure. That's pretty. That's pretty profound. But wouldn't you want to like capture that? Like, wouldn't you capture that in some way? Take a picture. Yeah. Of un- if you really uncovered this Ouija board, I mean, it just seems too convenient in a way, right? Especially like, the birds in the jars. Yeah, like, exactly. That would be like, very why wouldn't easy you photograph? Why wouldn't you photograph that? Yeah. I I photograph like my dog goes out in the backyard and there's an alley cat that comes in and they kind of just stare at each other. I find that so interesting. I'll take a picture <laughs> of it. You wouldn't take a picture of Come a on. dead bird in a jar that's that you found in your girlfriend's basement. Why why wouldn't that why wouldn't that be the first thing you do? Like if yeah. you're it's just like it's one of those things where you really have to question the integrity of the story and how much of it is true, how much of it is just made up. Right. And, I mean, the things that happened to his friend and to his various daughters that he has through his relationships you know could could have really happened i mean we don't i don't know that we have 100 percent proof of any of this stuff it's just you know we have to take his word for it but yeah. uh, i don't know it's it's tough because it's like it all it is all very convenient the way that it all happens it's all after these sessions that he's having but at the same time it could just be a coincidence too right it could just be like Maybe he's just shit has bad luck. Yeah, shit happens, you know. Like, is it a result of these sessions or not? And I guess that's the biggest debate here. What do you think, Daniel? Like, what's your what's your gut? I I told him earlier, I was like, as as I was going through the story, I'm just seeing like a a a thought bubble above his head that just says bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a pretty skeptical person when it comes to stuff like this. And my breaking point was like you were saying, the A mate. I don't see I don't see a demon pretending to be Australian just to try and trick two guys in their basement. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like the if demons are real, they have better ways to go about doing this. Like, is it really just through a game? Like, they're not powerful enough that they can't conjure themselves other ways. Like, it's only through the Ouija board, right? Yeah, I don't know. 
I, I struggle with that because it's like profound things happen all the time in different ways and both good and bad. And so do you really need this board to con you know to make contact with them i don't I don't necessarily think so i think it's i think there's a lot of i guess you would say lore behind the board the board now and so the lore is kind of what tr- gives it its power so therefore people expect something to happen and, and obviously it kind of plays into the scientific explanation behind the ouija board phenomenon um where is it actually something paranormal that's happening or is it just you know sort of our our brains playing tricks on us and right. you know we're going because when you sit down with a ouija board you're going into it with the intention of contacting something and i think whenever you you set set an intention you you know it's the cause and effect type of thing you're you're expecting a result to come back versus just being out in the world and something happening to you that's profound and like having a paranormal experience or somebody goes into you go into a, an old theater and all of a sudden you see an apparition of something like that to me is more believable than a lot of the stories of the Ouija board because it's it's just so convenient, right? It's just all happening through this one channel. And, and not, not to say that seances don't conjure some sort of experience. I mean, there's a lot of very interesting stories, but there's also a lot of stories of it being complete bullshit. You know, people taking photos at at seances and, you know, there's this whole thing called spirit photography where you know, especially back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, oh, yeah. people were doing seances and they were taking photographs. And when you look at these photographs, you're like, holy shit, these are crazy. Like they're seeing all sorts of, of, of figures and, and beings and all sorts of different things going on. But then when you actually break it down and dig into it more, they found that, they were, you know, people were just. Yeah, it was kind of scams. They were like double exposures, but they don't know exactly how, how they, they were doing it. it yeah. But it, they they pretty much debunked spirit photography, especially during that era, because it was um, I can't remember the names. What's what's uh, Abraham Lincoln's wife? Why can't why am I Mary Todd? Mary Todd, yeah, yeah. So basically, Mary Todd Lincoln was the biggest one where she got a spirit photograph with her dead husband. Interesting. Um, and she was very much into seances. She would perform seances in the White House. Um, wow. After their uh, their son died, she was very big into that. And she wanted to contact her son a lot. And then after her husband died, she was very distraught. And, and they have, yeah, you can go look it up. They have that famous picture of Mary Todd Lincoln with the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. Um, but yeah, they debunked that after a while. But like what you were saying with the Ouija board is... It's a good point to like, why is it this specific? How do we think that we have it narrowed down to exactly how they're operating, to how they're using this device as a portal? Like we, I think the overconfidence is also what makes me a little more skeptical where it's like, have we really figured this out? How demons are exactly getting through this board? I'm not really convinced because it seems like a real demon wouldn't let us know yeah exactly i just don't think it'd be that simple yeah i mean if we're talking about entities that are trans-dimensional that have powers beyond anything that we can imagine and and why on earth would they go through a board made by hasbro all right like <laughs> why would they smoke a cigarette yeah. through a ouija board Seriously. yeah yeah, I just I really find Darren's story. I think Darren's story is very. Of course, it's interesting and creepy, and it makes for a good read, right? But 
at the end of the day, when you want to look at it from a more objective point of view, it's very hard to believe in it fully, right? I think there's parts of it that could be true, like with many paranormal stories where it's like, okay, that could have happened for sure. But is it attributed to your use of the Ouija board or is it just, this is what happened? This is just life that unfolded. And I think that's, that's the hard thing with believing in the paranormal period and whether in and believing in a higher power is like you you know it it really comes down to what you want to believe in because i mean a lot of people believe that higher powers are responsible for everything that happens in your life whether it's good or bad and so you know there's not necessarily proof to back that up there's not like physical proof to say oh yeah you know that that ha- that was a miracle because God intervenes. It's just what you believe, right? And so it's, you know, the paranormal really comes down to what you believe, and what you don't believe. And for some people, that's they believe in it fully. They believe in the Ouija board having, you know, possessing this ability to connect you to the other side. And this is the thing too is that I would love to sit down with like a medium because mediums are a whole another subject, and I think are far more interesting to look at than Ouija boards because mediums, the real ones, I think are are very, it's a, such an interesting gift that they have and the ability to connect to the other side. I'd love to ask a medium their, their thoughts on the Ouija board because mediums, they don't need a board to talk to True. deceased loved ones. They are able to just connect to them somehow. We don't understand how they do it but they have this this natural ability to just get messages from the other side. I don't know where you stand on mediums, but I've it's hard because I've ne- it's it's the same thing with the paranormal where I haven't personally crossed it myself, like I haven't had an experience that would make me believe. It's the same thing with a medium. I have never really experienced one that made me think like, "Wow, how how the hell did they know that?" or have you ever watched any of, uh, like, have you ever heard of Tyler Henry? No. Tyler Henry is a, they call him like the Hollywood medium because he has, he had like a show and there's, a, there's actually a documentary on him. He's one of the individuals that I tend to believe in his gift because the things that he knows and everything's on, and that's the, that's the, co- the cool thing about mediums is that a lot of them are on camera doing these readings and so it's not like they can like really fake you out or you know obviously there's some mediums that are complete charlatans but there are a few out there that i've seen that i'm just like there's no way he would have known this and even the reactions of the people that he does readings for are like absolutely blown away they're like how did he know this how does he know these intimate things about my family my family's history my loved ones that have passed there's no way it's, it's not like there's any way he could access that information without having a direct connection to that individual, but they've, they've passed. So where is he getting the info from? Right. And I think that's truly an amazing thing to see because I think if you believe in a medium's gift to connect your loved ones on the other side, it does sort of make you believe like, okay, there is life after death. There is a way to communicate once you've passed which just lends to a whole nother like can of worms of like what happens after you die and i think that's what's so interesting about mediums is that it's if mediums are legit it essentially proves that 
when you die, it's not just lights out, there's nothing, and that's the end. They've been able to prove, I guess, that you do continue to exist in some way, some form, and you are able to you know, watch over your loved ones. And some of the things that come across are very interesting. Like they, your loved ones are with you, you know, like that's always a really comforting thing that most of us use to deal with the grief of a, of a loved one that's passed is like, they are still here with us in spirit. Right. And what we're finding through some of these mediums is that that is true because of these messages they're getting. And there's just no way they can possibly fake this or, it's truly a phenomenon. Like that would be an interesting. Maybe we can do. We'll have uh, to reach out, Tyler Henry. Yeah, come on, lights out. We'd I was love thinking to we could do a Ouija board episode and then maybe do a medium episode. Yes, yeah, yeah. Be pretty. Interesting. I'd love to get a, a a legit medium on here and and see see what we can come up with. Yeah. There's a there's another one too. The long I think she's the Long Island medium. I want to say her name's Teresa Caputo or something like that. She's another one that's. Um, I feel pretty legit. Like she does a lot of readings that are like, whoa, there's no way she would have known this. And of, of course people are skeptical because they're like, well, they're on TV, they're making money. This is their job essentially. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it can't be real. Yeah. But I tend to argue that how else do they know this? There's just no way they could be fed this information because the information is coming from a deceased loved one. Yeah. And that only the family would know. I would love to be proven wrong yeah i would love for someone to come in and just be like i know about your dead right grandfather right et cetera. right that would right. blow my mind I'm it ready would for blow that. your mind and that's the thing is like it's it will completely i think having that sort of experience completely changes your your philosophy on life and and philosophy on the afterlife in in some ways you know if you're somebody who doesn't believe in anything after this that this is just the end you know black after this yes you know and that's it we cease to exist and the end but if what what mediums are are experiencing is legitimate then it tends tends to lean there's something else that happens which to me brings me some comfort in knowing that because it's like I, i think that was the hardest thing about leaving religion was not having the answers of what happens when you die and that's been something i continue to search for since you know left religion is like what what does happen when you die and your mind tends to go all over the place and you tend to think about all the different possibilities and obviously none of us will ever know i mean none of us have died and and come back from death yeah to tell us what happened i mean there's people that claim they you know went to heaven and then came back they were medically dead which is a maybe another episode that we can do too people's i remember like near-death experiences one of those big stories uh was a young boy maybe like an eight-year-old who supposedly he had passed and he went to heaven, but then he came back, he was resuscitated. But then years later, yeah, they found out the the parents were kind of feeding him that story and yeah. lied about it. But I'd be interested into diving into that. Cause I've heard of some strange stories of people even just going into comas and yeah. near death experiences and stuff like that, that they have had pretty unique things. I mean, everyone talks about the light at the end of the tunnel, I've heard one, my friend's mom saw all her deceased relatives in gray suits, like walking up a hill when she was close to death. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a very interesting topic. I'd well, love to get a medium on here, though. That would be. 
Yeah, it'd be. I think it'd be really interesting. I'd have a lot of, lot of, lot of good questions to ask because it's like obviously I think it's healthy to have a little bit of skepticism about it because I mean, you, you, there's no way you will ever know. You don't possess that gift, so you have to kind of take, take what they're saying, you know, with a grain of salt. But I think some of them can prove to you that they legitimately have a gift. Where it comes from it. or what, how it works, I don't even think they fully understand. Yeah, because it's—I mean—it's such a profound thing to even wrap your head around. Like, how are they able to connect to the other side? Yeah, and what is the other side? Right. What does that look like? Sorry, I'm getting way off track here, <laughs> off of Ouija boards, but just sometimes my mind just starts going down into these these other side side topics. Because I mean, it's all—it's all interconnected, right? I mean, yeah. the purpose of the Ouija board is to connect to deceased loved ones. Exactly. It's essentially the Ouija board is a medium, yeah, for you to connect to the other side. Yeah. It's just, and um, we would maybe want to use it in a more genuine way rather than contacting Bon Scott from ACDC. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Besides Darren's stories, many have connected high profile paranormal cases to the demon Zozo. Some believe that Roland Hunkler, the 14 year old boy who inspired the movie The Exorcist, was actually possessed by Zozo. His aunt Harriet had introduced him to the Ouija board just a few months before he became possessed. And even though Zozo is never mentioned by name in his story, some believe that Zozo is the first demon to open the gateway into Roland's soul. Soon after the death of his aunt Harriet, unexplained things started happening in his home. There were foul smells, objects moved on their own, and he heard laughter when no one else was there, just like Darren's experience. But luckily they performed an exorcism and Roland was saved. Several other famous cases have been connected to Zozo as well. In the Doris Bither case, the entity haunting, Doris also used a Ouija board before things went wrong. She claimed she was sexually assaulted by several invisible entities. Many saw luminous human shapes and strange lights, and there was also poltergeist activity inside her home. Another haunting link to Zozo was the Enfield poltergeist in London. Inside the house at 284 Green Street, the residents noticed furniture moving, and two of the children heard knocking coming from inside the walls. This was actually a case investigated by Ed and Lorraine Warren in 1978, and these events later inspired the movie The Conjuring 2. In more recent years, hundreds of people have posted their experiences online. Some have even been attacked physically and sexually. Others left the session unharmed, but were later hit by a car, committed suicide, or had family members die soon after. Some have even claimed to photograph the demon after encountering Zozo in their Ouija session. They look like blurred spectral figures with horns coming out of their heads. One of the most recent encounters with Zozo was in 2012 near Tombstone, Arizona. Tombstone was a boom town founded in 1879 in the American frontier. Within two years, it had 110 saloons, 14 gambling halls, and a few brothels, and big-name gunslingers like Doc Holliday were in town. Soon, rival gangs began threatening each other. On October 26, 1881, a massive gunfight broke out and several men died. So in 2012, when the off-duty soldiers used the Ouija board, they contacted an alleged spirit. The spirit told them it was one of the men who died in Tombstone over a hundred years ago, but they sensed something was off about the spirit like it wasn't telling the truth. After the session, they returned to their car and headed back to base. But on the way, the soldier who was driving started acting strange. He mumbled words under his breath and his movements became erratic. While he drove at top speeds on the desert highway, his friends watched as he gripped the steering wheel and yanked it to the right. The car flew off the side of the road and crashed into a shallow ditch. 
Luckily, they all survived, but the driver was knocked unconscious. When he finally came to, he said he wasn't in control of his body when he drove off the road. In hindsight, they thought it might have been Zozo who had possessed him. If you ever think you're afflicted by the demon Zozo, there are a few things that you can do. The number one rule is to stay calm. Demons are known to feed on fear. Take some deep breaths and try to ground yourself. Next, if you're in the middle of a seance and you recognize you're communicating with Zozo, immediately move the planchette to goodbye and end the session. This is the best way to cut off any ties with Zozo. But unfortunately, if you've already let the demon in, it might be too late. You might experience strange paranormal activity even after the session has ended, like poltergeist activity or hearing voices. But make sure you cut off all communication. Don't react at all to what's happening around you, don't scream, and don't be afraid. Zozo will get more strength if you keep interacting with it. Lastly, don't say its name out loud if you believe it's invaded your home. Its name gives it power. If all else fails and you've tried everything, seek out professional help. You can contact a priest or a paranormal expert to try and cleanse your home. There's also one important rule that is never spoken of. When you use a board like this, have a ring of salt around the board. Make sure it is blessed and the home is cleansed with sage before and after the session. Apparently, the ring of salt will keep whatever comes out of the portal in that circle. Once you close the portal, cleanse yourself with sage for a second time, once before you enter and after you leave it. Then cleanse the space in a salt ring, leave it there until morning, and then you can clean up the salt. Nothing will harm you because nothing will be there. Which again, these are just some tips that I found through forums online. I've never tried this personally, so I can't tell you from personal experience if this works or not. But this is what people say on the internet you should do in order to keep yourself safe while using the Ouija board. And hopefully some of these tips can help you get rid of Zozo if maybe you're dealing with him currently. Yeah. As well as cleanse your home. But if you really don't want Zozo around, the simple solution is just don't use a Ouija board, which I think 99.9% of the people listening to this will say, yeah. don't use it then. Just what's That's the it. point? If there's a risk of unleashing this ancient demonic entity, why the hell do it? I mean, we saw is it worth it? <laughs> yeah, honestly. And we saw in that the last Ouija board video, all the comments just, you know, don't use it. Don't let these things in your home. If you, if that's what you're worried about, it seems like a pretty uh, straightforward solution. To just yeah, never, stay away don't from bother. It. Yeah. It seems like the chances of having a legitimate connection to a deceased loved one is very slim. Yeah. That it's almost more likely that you will open yourself up to something, to something evil. Else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the thing that still gets me though, is like all of the mishaps and unfortunate events that occur to those after Ouija board sessions happen. Yeah. And it, it even brings me back to, I think it was uh, a group of like Colombian schoolgirls were playing with a Ouija board. And, and this was fairly recent. And after their Ouija board session, they were like all types of, of, of messed up i remember that yeah. they were like i want to say they were dealing with like serious uh i can't remember if it was migraines or what it was danny maybe you can look it up real quick um i thought it was the, i thought it was school boys i could be thinking of a totally different yeah, case though. actually let's look it up before girls girls yeah what what is what happened after 28 school girls were taken to the hospital with anxiety after using ouija boards uh, wow 28 school girls damn take yeah. it to the hospital after using a Ouija board. See, it's stuff like that that makes me believe more. 
what the fuck's going on there? Yeah. Is it psychologically something they do to themselves yeah, or is it, is it like something a, coming through that's affecting them? Yeah. It's like you could argue, is it mass hysteria? Right. Or is it like, was something actually going on there that they were experiencing? Yeah. That's pretty wild though. That's a lot. That's a lot of girls. Yeah. 28. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. And this, this was, this is like legitimate news too. I remember seeing this, uh, well, like a month or two ago, maybe earlier this year when this happened. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. This article's from March 8th, 23. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's wild. So this is like a recent case of Ouija board gone wrong, man. Yeah. Well, Austin here, your neighborhood skeptic, <laughs> here to talk to you about the uh, the Philip right. experiment. All right, Philip, guys, yeah, the importance of healthy skepticism. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was an interesting case. It's just food for thought, really. So I don't know. There was this interesting experiment done back in 1972. It was called the Philip experiment. They had eight volunteers, people of all different backgrounds, together. They sat around this table. And they made up the name and background of this person, Philip Aylesford. As they pieced together this story, a lot of it was kind of contradictory at first, but eventually they all agreed on this guy. Um, And eventually to them, he wasn't a fictional character. This was a real guy that they had somehow conjured up just while being together. So this was Philip's background. Philip was a Catholic Englishman aristocrat from the 1600s. He was incredibly rich and married to a woman named Dorothy. They even developed his wife's background, saying that she was beautiful but cold, and she was the daughter of a nobleman. Philip eventually came across a gypsy encampment during his travels and met a woman named Margot. They fell in love and began having an affair. He even brought her home and kept her hidden in the gatehouse away from his wife. But eventually, of course, Dorothy found the woman and accused her of using witchcraft to seduce her husband. Philip didn't even bother to defend her, and Margot was later burned at the stake. Good one, Philip. Not long after, Philip then took his own life. So in 1972, this group of volunteers claimed that they had contacted Philip during their group seances. They weren't even using a Ouija board at this time. They were simply just doing seances, but they had created this character and believed that they were now contacting the spirit of this guy through their seances. They dimmed the lights, lit candles, put up pictures of Philip that they had kind of sketched and put together. And they claimed they could hear him knocking on the table, which this table was a big centerpiece for their seances. One knock meant he was saying no, two knocks meant yes. Eventually they felt the table vibrate and it was, they have video footage in this documentary where the table was lifting on two legs. Some of the volunteers claimed they heard Philip whisper in their ears, but no voices were ever captured on tape. Others claimed that mist would form on the table and they would feel trapped in the corner of the room sometimes by Philip, just by this presence, this entity. Their final goal was to manifest Philip into reality and make him show himself. But obviously in the end, Philip wasn't real. Philip was just this guy that they had made up. Some claim that after this experiment was done, it was just a hoax to make a movie. 
but that didn't really make sense. I mean, none of the volunteers gained anything. They were simply volunteering. I don't think they had any monetary gain from this whatsoever. Another theory was that it was a shared delusion or induced delusional disorder. Remember we covered yeah. folly ado, right. things like that. Um, but in this case, it would be the entire group. It's usually one leader, one primary person that starts this theory right. of like Philip and then everyone else kind of tags along. I think it does show just how powerful our minds are and how yes. how mysterious they are at the same time. Like yeah. The the connections of our of our minds, especially with others in these types of circumstances are is pretty interesting to me. It's like yeah, perhaps it's not the the, the way that it appears to us like perhaps it's not an entity but in fact a shared connection like is it possible that we're able to connect our consciousness between different people and share have like a shared consciousness in a way yeah which the, causes that, us to believe these things are there and that's kind of what they proved through, through this philip experiment is that we absolutely can do that together eight people you know just sitting around a table and i think they did notice actually that during the experiment when they dimmed the lights, lit candles, had a more of a formal uh, yeah. seance, yeah. just the room itself. You can create. It was amplified mm. through that. So it kind of shows the subtlety of our environment. There's so many factors that affect it. Yeah. Play into it. I mean, it just, you can almost create your own spiritual experience if you know yeah. the right things that, your mind wants yeah right like that's one thing that i know i've experienced personally is like i know how to create my own spiritual experience so and sometimes it could be as simple as the lighting the music that i play like there's certain songs i have i have a spiritual playlist on spotify nice that i just put songs in there that i feel that when i listen to them and i really like almost almost like meditate at the same time so just block everything else don't think about anything but just kind of let your mind be be free to go where it wants to go and there are certain songs that i listen to that i feel like take me to uh a place of spiritual bliss where i'm just like i feel connected to something higher i don't know what it is i don't know if i'm even connecting to something higher but it feels that way and it's kind of the same experience that i think many people get through church right you go to church and being with all those people all together who's not to say that you are generating a spiritual experience together and i think there is something going on there i think there is some type of higher level of consciousness that's happening or, or a connection of consciousness between all of the people in the, in the congregation right and i think that's a, i think that's a very real thing yeah because i mean who who am i to you know obviously like philip isn't real in yeah. the sense that yes he was created as a fictional character but Who's to say that something fictional isn't as real as anything right, else, right? Right, exactly. And I think I think that's very interesting. I think that's where the phenomenon lies. I think it lies yeah. within the mysteries of, of of the mind and consciousness itself. Itself, like what is consciousness? Where does it originate from? And I think that's where this all comes back to. Is like we can't even begin to understand the paranormal in any sort of of tangible way until we understand our own consciousness, our own mind where is this coming from where is the stream originating from 
And I think that's the most fascinating thing about all of this to me and the paranormal is that I think our consciousness is directly connected to the paranormal, clearly. Yeah. I mean, if you think about consciousness begins when you're born yeah. or before, I mean, we don't know for sure, but where is that coming from? You know, it's like, and that's, that's was one of the most trippiest things when my daughter was born is like, all of a sudden she's there, boom. And there's a soul right there in front of me. It's like, where did she come from? Yeah, that's why. And obviously depending on your, your spiritual beliefs, you know, he's, it's God or, or some, something else. It's like, that's one possibility, but I think there's also a possibility of something even far more complex beyond our understanding that we don't even, we don't fully, fully know yet. And I think that mystery is what intrigues me about all of this is like, it all comes back to consciousness at the end of the day. It really does. Yeah. Who am I? What, what is this? You know, what is this experience that I'm having and where does it come from? Why are we, you know, we don't even know why we're here right now. Yeah. <laughs> why are you listening to this right now? Yeah, true. What's the point? <laughs> but yeah, I just, here's the kicker though, to that whole experiment yeah. is that you could argue that, Hey, was this all made up, et cetera, et cetera. But then you could make the argument that what if, I don't know, just thinking out loud that it's okay if Zozo is this demon who tricks people into thinking they're someone else, who's to say that Philip wasn't this manifestation of Zozo tricking a group of true, people? True. If we're going along with the theory that Zozo is a legion or something along those lines, you know, it's who who's to say that their experience wasn't paranormal to some degree, even though yes, they're making up this character or something like that. Like you're saying, if consciousness has this inherent power over us, uh, I don't know. I don't think it. I don't think this study necessarily. I think a lot of people point to this study being like, this shows how this is all fake. But at the same time, I think that's it, one possibility. It also shows manifestation is yeah real like it's human a real nature thing. Yeah. and like yeah how how we can even do this you just put eight strangers in a room and something like this could even happen it's kind of it's pretty wild yeah i, I go back to as well like with zozo how many people who have alleged contact experiences with zozo didn't know about zozo prior to the ouija yeah. board session because Again, it goes back to the mind. It's like your mind pulls things. I mean, I'm just thinking even about my dream last night. It's very weird that my all of a sudden I'm having a dream about a demonic entity coming after me. And I'm thinking, well, where'd that come from? It's kind of out of left field. I haven't had a dream like that in a long, long time. And I'm like, well, it was probably because I was thinking about Zozo and demonic entities before I went to sleep last yeah. night. So my brain, you know, decided to pull a fast one on me last night and brought zozo or you know is it zozo making his way into my you know yeah that's i know some people will say oh it's josh it's demons demons are coming for you in your dreams well, maybe it is but i just i find it all interesting and i think it all stems from from consciousness and like what you know what we're filing away into our brains right like the your brain's a memory bank and yeah. you know everything you're you're experiencing in your day-to-day -day life is being absorbed into the brain your brain's storing it and 
you know, we don't under, even understand dreaming. We don't understand how dreaming works. I, I think most of the time when you wake up, you're like, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah. Where did that come from? I was just talking to someone else in the office. They just, they have very straightforward dreams like, oh, I went to the airport. Yeah. And, a lot of people, waited in the I never terminals. have dreams like that. No, mine are always surreal and people look weird and just things are shifting constantly. And I, my, mine are never, I never get the dinner conversation dream. Like I don't, I don't get like the standing in line at the DMV dream. No, I don't get any like very plain stuff like that. I get a lot of like alternate timeline stuff. Oh, do you? I get a lot of like, I wait, I, I come out of my dream and I'm like, that was really weird because that could have happened on an alternate timeline. Like, yeah. and that's where I, I sometimes believe the parallel or parallel universe theory about dream. Oh, yeah, like for sure. perhaps you're accessing uh, parallel versions of of yourself from other universes that exist that would be sweet. and you're getting glimpses into those and and i tend to believe that there are parallel universes i think there's a there's actually more and more evidence suggesting that that is a very real possibility and so therefore who's to say that when you're dreaming you're not actually tapping into some parallel universe that you're you know existing in and it's because it's always like the people in it are I, I usually know it's rare that i have people i don't know it's usually people that I, I i know and sometimes it's like you know i just went this different way you know i ended up with this person and we went this way yeah. but this you know it's all very realistic like it's very possible that this could have happened on an alternate timeline in, in one of the parallel versions of you there's a a demon crawling on all fours yeah, and you're biffing and your shots yeah, while it's exactly your maybe i tapped into a, a, a yeah a version of, of of my life where that that's going on yeah that's, that's terrifying glad so we're that, not in that one <laughs> seriously dude i was i woke up heart beating like i could feel myself like like yeah. i gotta i gotta calm down from that one that was a little a little intense but yeah it's just ouija boards man i i guess i'll have to do a session at some point and experience it firsthand because i, I tend to think i'm like 60 40 like 60 percent believing in it or 40 percent thinking that you know it's i'm, I'm 90 10 90 10 yeah four against uh 90 against 10, 10? okay yeah. okay what are you probably like a 99 and one 99 Ooh, and yeah. one all right one percent okay. so yeah maybe I, I know we keep saying this and you know i'm gonna work on trying to get a ouija board together here because i think it would be interesting to just kind of like test it out see yeah. and and Definitely not go into it with the intention of contacting Zozo or any demon for right, that matter. Right. But rather just be try to be completely unbiased to the experience, right? And just try to see if any communication happens. I mean, yeah. there's always a possibility that nothing happens. Yeah. Right. True. We'll just sit Which, here for an hour. Yeah, and, just sit yeah. here and and uh have our hands on the board and nothing happens. Yeah. But and we could do it right. You know, we could do the salt ring. Yeah, we'll we definitely we'll definitely take precautions. Absolutely. Don't want anything coming through here in the office that's gonna wreak havoc on everybody. I don't want to carry anything home. Yeah. The last thing we need is for a demon to come through and and have it this thing. <laughs> Annabelle. Because good lord. She's already wreaked enough havoc on this place that yeah. last thing we need is more demonic forces entering our our haunted doll. But I think with that we're going to wrap up today's episode there. Let us know your thoughts on Zozo as a whole. Have you ever, you know, contacted Zozo through a Ouija board session? Have you ever had any demonic experiences? 
with playing with Ouija board. Let us know in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. Also, make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube. There's a lot of people, there's like half of you out there watching that aren't subscribed on YouTube. Just go and hit that subscribe button, hit the like button for us. We've got some more paranormal content coming down the pipeline for you here on Lights Out. But that is it for us today. We'll catch you guys next week with another one. And until then, Lights Out, everybody.